It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into the program with you until... Six o'clock tonight, Matt Daniels is here, Scott Ritchie in the studio, Bob Osmussen on the telephone, and uh, the telephone lines are open, 356-9397. Plenty of basketball to talk about on the show tonight. We'll touch on some football as well. And Matthew, what a difference a week makes, eh? Uh, (laughs) Last week at this time, we were welcoming in a Monday night blizzard, now they're Backed up at the car wash across exactly. the street. I noticed that uh, <laughs> for the last hour or two or three. This afternoon, when I uh, pulled back into the office, it was about twelve deep and uh, getting ready for the car wash. But uh, that's just that's what it's like living here in East Central Illinois. Scott Ritchie back in off the road <laughs> for a little bit for the moment <laughs> uh, in Minneapolis over the weekend, heading out to East Lansing again here in the next uh, twelve hours or whatever it is when you're going to go, but. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I, was, I was thinking about it this weekend. I was like, I didn't go anywhere for a year, and <laughs> now I mean, you know, spent the weekend in Minneapolis, going to East Lansing, then trips to Madison and Ann Arbor and Columbus coming up, and Champaign, uh, uh, with brief stops in Champaign to change out the clothes in the suitcase and um, get a little work done. You're and not complaining. Get back on the road. I, I don't think you're complaining. No, it, it's. I enjoy. Getting out there on the road and going to different Big Ten venues, and uh, it's a l- little bit normal again. And not only are you covering actual games, you're covering uh, the games of the number five team in the country. Yeah, number five. That's where Illinois wound up uh, again this week. There was no change in the top five of the AP Top 25, um, despite uh, some rather loud clamoring from a certain sect of the Illinois fan base that Ohio State should have been punished for their five-point home loss to Michigan. And, I mean, I get that they lost a game, and Illinois won at Minnesota by 31, but a five-point loss and a tight game, really, to the number three team in the country, they just don't automatically drop a team. And there's the whole thing that I guess people forgot about. I've been reminding them on Twitter all day because they keep coming at me. Ohio State beat Illinois. I get it happened last month, but still happened that's that game still matters if i just base the vote on what happened in you know just this week baylor wouldn't be ranked because they haven't played for two weeks you talked about that certain sect of illini fans well that same sect is never happy (laughs) so (laughs) well no they're they're, finding that they're happy when they're miserable exactly that's that's right it's like i don't like being number five in the country that's still kind of a big deal it is Uh, i'm pretty sure they won seven straight going for eight and playing in the toughest conference in the league, where three of the top five teams are in the in the in the uh, t- AP ratings are in the top five, three, and, four, and five. their and their favorite team is one of those three teams exactly. in the top five, and played probably their best game of the season on Saturday at, at Minnesota. A tough place for opponents to play this season. Even Might be the best fans. game in, in a few seasons. 
all around. Maybe, and I'm going out on a limb here, maybe the best performance in the Brad Underwood era? Yeah, I mean... For all 40 minutes? For all 40 minutes, I, I might have to agree. It's just... Illinois just didn't do much of anything wrong against uh, Minnesota on Saturday. And, you know, the defense you know, fueled the offense, which is exactly what Brown Underwood wants. I mean, that's the goal every time. And, you know, they they ran Minnesota off its own court. And it's not something that happens hadn't happened very often at all this year or, you know, kind of in general. I mean, that's a tough place to play um, most years. But Minnesota in that second half, like, Illinois broke them. They wanted nothing to do with that game once it kind of got out of hand. We talked about um, Scott Ritchie being a, a man about uh, the Midwest. Bob, where have you been lately? You <laughs> been down in the mailbox and back? Okay, so actually, there were several days last week I did not go outside. Okay, I didn't believe. I didn't leave. The, I not only didn't leave. Didn't leave the house. I stayed inside. Barely left the room. So I'm not traveling like Scott. I'd like to go with him, but I, I got another month before I could do that. As it, it's, um, it's funny, I could I could say one thing about the game on uh, Saturday, when uh, when Trent Frazier let go of that ball. I mean, my wife, who does not lie, will confirm this. I said that's in. I was sure it was in. He's. I never seen somebody look more confident in a half uh, half court shot. Pretty amazing. That looks like a free throw for for him. Looks like a normal jump shot. So. Pretty amazing, but my wife confirmed. I said that's in. She kind of laughed and you know thought it was pretty funny that I actually got something right for once. <laughs> well, you, you had a you had a fifty fifty percent chance there, well, Bob. Uh, but the uh, way, yeah, way to pick one. the right one. Thank you. Once while I do. Stay on the line, Bob. We'll be back with you in a minute. Let's go to our friend Neil calling. Want to talk some basketball? Go ahead, Neil. No, actually, I want to talk to Mr. Ritchie about the football. What's oh. it going to take for Illinois to get their football program turned around to the point where they can at least, at least be 500 and contend for a bowl uh, bid? And I have one more question for you. Are you guys going to be going back to the Esquire this year, or do you think that's on hold indefinitely? And I'll listen to what you guys have to say. All right. Thanks a lot, Neil. We appreciate it. We'll bring Bob into the football question if yeah, uh, I mean, Bob my, and Scott want to debate. My answer would be I think they've made the move they hope does that by hiring Brett Bielma. Off to you, Bob. It was weird. <laughs> Bob t- Bob today called me and asked if uh, if he could get a flight out to Pasadena on like January 1st, 2022 for some reason. So I love that game, by the way. That game is awesome. I've only been there once. I loved it. It was the most fun I've ever had covering anything. So I really liked it. And Illinois got blown out in the game. <laughs> I, it didn't matter what it mattered. I had fun covering the game. It was great. Uh, I think Illinois football, I think Scott's right. Illinois made a great decision, I think, in the hire they made. Because they were going the wrong way. I, I don't think there's any question they're going the wrong way. They made a poor hire the last time. I don't think there's any question about that. Now, like a lot of the people that were with Levy Smith, Levy Smith personally is a nice guy. But I, I talked. I actually exchanged text with Rod Smith today, and I liked a lot of people in that stuff. But I think this staff puts them in better, better chance to win pretty soon. I, I don't think it's going to be five years. I think it could be, could be two years or three years. And that'd be for Illinois right now, where they are. The program is right now coming off the bad season they had. I think we said right now in 2022, you have you have a bull team. I think everybody here would take that. 
and it could be sooner. So I think they're in good shape. You mentioned all the way around. You mentioned Rod Smith. Today's his birthday, by the way, 48 years old. Has he got anything going? Uh, Do you know? I didn't really ask him. Now, actually, I just texted him and said, happy birthday. It was his birthday, and uh, he texted back some nice things, and uh, he's always was always a classic act, and I'm not sure exactly what he was doing, and I didn't ask him. I probably should have. I'm poor reporting. Sorry, Matt. Sorry, but Bob. I assume something's going on. I just want to be human with him, and he's he always was awesome to me. And uh, but yeah, it's uh, he he a lot on his feet, and he, uh, the good thing is for him, Big Illinois owes him a lot of money, so he should be he should be good. Regarding uh, Neil's question on the Esquire. No plans for that at the moment, and it wouldn't happen. If it did happen, it wouldn't happen until fall anyway, and we don't know what it's going to look like in the fall, Matt. Yeah, exactly, and we're usually there from uh, around Labor Day until uh, the national championship game on, on Monday night in early April, and uh, with that happening here in about, what, seven, eight weeks or so, and with the the way the pandemic's going still at the, the moment, that uh, we're just going to exercise caution and, uh, you know, hopefully – Maybe we're there Labor Day uh, 2021 talking about Illinois uh, beating Nebraska in football. Maybe Brett Bielema wants to join us there, too. I'm sure once he, once everything is safe to do so, I'm sure he would join us there and, and draw a big crowd when big crowds aren't taboo anymore. We'll keep you posted on that as we move down the road. 520 Monday Night Sports Talk with you until 6. 356-9397 is the number. So as you know, Illinois is still number five. Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, Ohio State, Illinois, Alabama, Oklahoma, Villanova, Iowa, and West Virginia round out the top ten. Io Dusumu is not the Big Ten Player of the Week. However, he is a finalist, Scott Ritchie, for the Bob Cousy Award, which goes to the top point guard. He's in some pretty good company, but he certainly belongs to be in that group. Yeah, and based on the other four finalists, uh, which are uh, Jared Butler from Baylor, Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State, Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga, and Colin Gillespie from Villanova. Like, I'm not sure how you don't just give Io the trophy right now. Um, just crown him. Yeah, I mean, I thought where Doug Gottlieb, who has takes on the internet that <laughs> most people disagree with, you know, has, I guess he's involved some in, in the nomination process for the the koozie award said he's not had io on his list at any time of the season because he's not a point guard doug might want to watch illinois basketball um doug might also want to watch his twitter replies now fill oh, up well, the, with, yeah, with hate from the, 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 the illinois the fan base. but i mean giving an award i mean award for specific positions is a little tricky these days because no one really plays maybe one position right. outside of you know, Kofi Coburn's the center. That's kind of a given. But Io, more often than not, runs the only offense. He may not bring the ball up the court, but if that's your definition of a point guard, that's a little dated, perhaps. But it's not, I mean, Io's numbers are better than the other four candidates, and he's playing on a top five team. So it's I'd say he's a front runner, unless other people think he's not a point guard. But then, hopefully, people will do their research. Yeah, but then, I mean, there's like. You look at Trace Jackson Davis, who's been uh, on the Carl Malone Award watch list the whole season, which is given to the nation's best power forward. And Trace Jackson Davis has played center all season. So, uh, I mean, it's it gets tricky that way. But yeah, Io's one of his main 
goals or aspirations when he decided to come back to Illinois was to win the Bob Cousy Award, which D. Brown won back in 2006, and he very well could do that. 523, we need to take our first break. Feel free to join us. We'll talk some more basketball when we come back. The number is 356-9397. This is Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS, and we're back after this. Stay with us. 525, Monday Night Sports Talk with you here on DWS. Coming up tonight at 7 on DWS and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. It's the Brad Underwood Show with Brian Barnhart and the Illini basketball coach, Kenny Battle, one of the guests on the show tonight. Also, it's almost softball and baseball season. Tyra Perry and Dan Hartlib will be on the Brad Underwood Show this morning, <laughs> this evening. Whatever, you know, it might be morning <laughs> if you work late, or it might be morning <laughs> to you, whatever, at uh, 7 o'clock coming up tonight. That's the Brad Underwood Show here on DWS and Light Rock 97.5. Some other uh, notes. Uh, we mentioned Iowa did not get Big Ten Player of the Week. That went to Luca Garza, Scott, who became Iowa's all-time leading scorer. I guess you can't argue too much with that on uh, Player of the Week. I thought uh, Dickinson, Hunter Dickinson, who got the... Uh, Freshman of the week, I thought he was probably in the running for player of the week as well. Yeah, and well, so was Iowa DeSumo. Exactly. Because he had a triple-double. Actually, I (laughs) would have gone with Iowa myself, but I'm a tad biased. And, I mean. Homer. (laughs) 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 When you call it on yourself. Yeah. I mean, because he had the (laughs) triple-double on top of, you know, the win against Northwestern where he hit two caught shots to, you know, win another game for Illinois. So, definitely had a case. But, um, I mean, Luca had scored points and <laughs> did Luca Garza did Luca type Garza thing. things airballed a free throw like that, did he? that I didn't see that I think he airballed the free throw that would have set the record and then he eventually got it after that you do that on purpose for some reason I, <laughs> I think maybe he knew he was going to set the record and um let's just say it wasn't close well, just hearing all this I mean and we, we talked about it earlier with three teams in the top five and then you throw in Iowa I mean I know it's a few weeks away few weeks away in, in Illinois, their fortunes of their season could change dramatically by this time. But the Big Ten tournament, I think, is just going to be so much fun to watch because I think every game you can make the case for a close competitive game throughout. Yeah. Scott, your take. Well, I mean, the, the conference is just so deep this year. And even if you look at Northwestern and Nebraska, I mean, they're – by themselves at the bottom, but you know, both of them played Illinois tough. And at one point this year, Northwestern won three Big Ten games in a row and was ranked in the AP Top 25. Seems forever ago at this point because they haven't won since, but you know, it, they're not gimmies because um, those, those two teams will just play hard. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that could create um, maybe one of the better Big Ten tournaments we've had in quite a while. Well, the Illini coming off that impressive win at Minnesota – very similar, almost exact same score as uh, when they beat him here in Champaign back in December. Wasn't that in December? It mm-hmm. was. Yeah, so it, was, it was the first Big the Ten game of the year. It was right after the, the Bragging Rights loss, yeah, too. It was 92-65 on December 15th and then 94-63 on Saturday. So. so Brad Underwood met with the media today before they uh, took off for East Lansing. And one of the things he was talking about, he was asked about, uh, did they do much looking at that the film of a performance like that? We didn't. We showed two clips. We showed one clip of a defensive uh, rotation that was very impressive. 
We showed one clip that uh, was a great baseline rotation. Both of those led to points in transition because of the efforts. And those were the only two possessions we we uh, we had with, with our schedule right now. We've just got to move on. And, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of hitting on some positives and, uh, and and didn't spend a lot of time. Didn't spend any, to be honest. 30 seconds. We graded out. They saw their grades. Um, but uh, the one thing we don't do is uh, we usually spend a lot of time on on certain negatives, certain positives, uh, we just didn't have the time to do that uh, and uh, and move move straight into Michigan State. More Brad Underwood coming up on the show, and and Scott, the, the schedule now is dang near an every other day kind of thing. It's like a NBA schedule or an NCAA tournament schedule. Yeah, so it gives Illinois maybe some good prep for what life will be like there. You know, in the middle of March, and you know maybe into April. We'll they've see. only they've only played. I looked this up uh, this weekend just because I was curious, but they've only played three games in program history in April. So they could add more this year too. They could. Um, but yeah, three games this week though. That if they figure that out, and I mean they should be favored in all three of them. I mean, I think they will be. Uh, I think that, that bodes well for what they could accomplish come you know the Big Ten tournament, where they're going to have to be you know able to turn around and play the next day or, or the NCAA tournament where they at least in the early rounds have a day you know, in between games. Bobby, you mentioned how much you liked the Rose Bowl. What are your thoughts on the Big Ten tournament? Is that one of your favorite events? Oh, it's great, yes. It, it really is a lot of fun. I prefer, no offense to Chicago, I prefer it in Indy. I don't know why. That venue is just a little quainter. I don't know what, why it is. Maybe it's a whole Hoosier thing. But I, I like that a little bit better. I think obviously this year it'll be different because of the huge building and all that. But yeah, it's a great event. And remember, Steve, Steve can remember this. Matt might, might remember. Big Ten didn't always, always have a tournament, right? They resisted for a long time, finally got it through. I think Bob Knight was a big hindrance to that. He didn't want it. And I think this year we're going to be really happy to have one because like Scott and Matt are saying, it's going to be tremendous. Every game is going to be great. Could be. It'd be. I, I, I'd watch it if I'm if I'm somewhere else in the world. I'm watching that tournament over any other. I've done a whole lot of radio shows from Indianapolis around the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament. We had the old Illini headquarters over there, the, the Ram mm-hmm. Bar and Grill, which I don't think is open mm-hmm. anymore. Um, but those were some fun times there when. When the Big Ten tournament was there, and the Final Four run in 0405 went through Indianapolis. Well, I, th- I think the, just the physical layout of, of downtown Indianapolis, I think, really lends itself to hosting a, a big time event. And unfortunately, you know, it's not going to be the normal traditional crowds that we would come to expect at the Big Ten tournament or the NCAA tournament. But it is good news, obviously, that they're going to allow some people in the building for the NCAA tournament games over over in Indiana. And I think with Chicago, the United Center is a great arena once you're inside. But it's so kind of kind of removed a little bit from downtown in Chicago in and of itself in mid March. I'd be I'd be curious to see what it would have been like this year under normal circumstances with Illinois being as good as they are and they haven't been this this way for for quite some time. Having it at the United Center, I think, would have had a huge turnout of, of Illinois fans. But Indianapolis to me is just kind of the quintessential like host city. Everything's within walking distance. Hotels are nearby. And, and I think the city really kind of ramps up for events like this, where I think in Chicago, it's almost just kind of like an afterthought. Exactly. You touched on that. And this is not a knock on Chicago because 
it's one of the great cities mm-hmm. in the world, but you know they have a lot of big things happening there, yes. and Indianapolis makes it the thing mm-hmm. when they have a basketball tournament, Big Ten tournament, or NCAA tournament, and it's just kind of another event yeah. in Chicago, and the fact that it's not right downtown like mm-hmm. it is in India, I think th- those are good points, but it's a great venue, and Scott, once you, you'll be there for the Big Ten tournament, but... Beyond that, you'll still be in <laughs> Indiana, but you may not know where you're going to cover your next game because of there's five sites involved. Yeah, I mean, Illinois could wind up playing you know, at Mackey Arena uh, in West Lafayette or Assembly Hall in Bloomington uh, or one of several sites in Indianapolis, uh, Farmers Coliseum, which is home to IUPUI, Hinkle Fieldhouse, which is Butler's home arena, um, and then uh, Banker's Life Fieldhouse and Lucas Oil Stadium. So, uh I think though, if I remember correctly, like the first and second round sites, if you play, so like say Illinois opens at Mackey, they play first and second round there if they keep winning. So at least they'll have some consistency. And I don't. That's a ninety-minute drive from Champaign. I'm all for that. Right. If, if anyone's <laughs> listening at the NCAA <laughs> and wants to send Illinois there, um, but uh, except for Farmers Coliseum and like obviously Lucas Oil, I mean Illinois played at every other venue or at least had the greatest practice of all time at, at Hinkle. Allegedly, it gets greater every week. Yeah, at the end of last <laughs> season. Well, it's going to be a tough ticket. It's always a tough ticket, even in normal times, but it's going to be a tougher ticket uh, this year for the uh, NCAA tournament. There won't be any tickets for the Big Ten tournament, mm-hmm. but for the NCAA tournament, 25%. But when you start figuring out you got the schools there to, to get tickets to, mm-hmm. there's going to be, they're going to get their share, and they'll get them to to their boosters and such. So I, I don't foresee much general ticket sales coming up. No, and, and it's interesting. And, and yes, the the venue sizes over there in Indiana differ quite frequently. I think Farmers Coliseum, I think, can seat 6,500 or so. Hinkle, I think, about 10,000 or so. 9,100. Yeah, 9,100. Yeah. Lucas Oil is obviously at the top end at 70,000. But with that being said, it's going to be interesting how they configure the dome there because – it's meant for football, obviously, and they've hosted basketball games there before, but I don't know if you're going to have the court at center court or what the the seating situation is going to be like. I mean, 70,000 fans at 25%, that's 17,500 spread out throughout the building. And again, that involves players, coaches, that they're included in that count. It's not just 17,500 fans. You've right. got all the other personnel. Yeah, and that's event staff exactly it's officials it's media mm-hmm. so and something else when you think about the the tickets that the schools get you know in in the big 10 the parents haven't seen their kids play mm-hmm. they, they got to be pretty high on that list i would think yeah exactly you you'd have to think that they'd be kind of the first ones that would get dibs on the ticket situation and and going in in that regard and, and just talking about lucas oil stadium it'll be very curious i think for the Big Ten tournaments to see how teams react. I know they've gotten used to, as used to as something like this as one can in terms of playing in empty arenas, but you go from playing in empty college arenas, which, you know, 15,000, 16,000, to going into a huge dome stadium, which can hold up to 70,000 people. And I can't imagine what that's going to be like in terms of just getting used to the sight lines and shooting and how they have the backdrops and everything like that. Uh, I've never been in uh, Lucas Oil. I've been I've walked around it. I've mm-hmm. actually I walked inside and, and just looked around, but I haven't seen an event there. But I'm told if you do get in by some chance, or you go see the Colts or anything else that may be going in there, going on in there, is take your binoculars with you because if you're up very high, you can't read the numbers on the players. <laughs> 
<laughs> See, Scott, bring your binoculars to Indy. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly where the, the media – well, I, mean, I just I don't know where I'll wind up. So I'm not sure anybody knows where. Yeah, I'll be prepared. <laughs> the thing I'm maybe most curious about is whatever tickets do wind up on the open market, you know, how much those will go for when they're almost assuredly resold to someone else. Right. Because I wonder if we'll see scalpers outside the games. Mm, probably. Yeah. That kind of feel normal, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the secondary market for those tickets could get just ridiculous. Like, for the national championship game, when there's not even 17,000 tickets sold, uh, I can imagine that would be yeah, pretty pricey to get your hands on one of those. Bob, if you were a basketball fan or a baseball fan, you are both, how far down the road are you from maybe considering going to a game? Oh, I, as soon as I get my second shot, which is two weeks away, I'm going. I've all, I've, the family's been told, we're going to see the Braves play somewhere this year. I don't know where. We're about a lot of different places. But yeah, I'll go to games. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm worried, of course, but we'll, we'll wear masks and do all the right things. And I think this is getting better. It seems like it's getting better. So, yeah, I'll definitely go. I'm not, I'm not going to not go to games. I don't go outside, but I'll go to games. <laughs> kind of weird, weirdly. I, 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 and the other thing, I should have said this earlier, when you guys talked about Indy, Steve, you forgot to mention the most important reason to go to Indy, and I think Scott knows this, two words, St. Elmo's. That's the reason to go to Indy. So well, no no doubt. That. That's good. Well, yeah, but I mean, That's good. I don't know that I want to cram into St. Elmo's with all of my not closest friends. <laughs> uh, yeah, carry, carry out, carry out, carry out. I mean, you can take a steak from there. Have you have you been there? Uh, not in a very long time, but I mean, obviously, okay. Well known for its shrimp cocktail and the its uh, so special I could, cocktail I could pass sauce. On that, just give me a big piece of meat. <laughs> surf and turf. Gotta, gotta have well, you could you could have the surf. I'll take the turf, and <laughs> we'll split the bill. <laughs> just give the bill to Bob. Yeah. Moving up on the 540 here on the Monday Night Sports Talk. Need to take a break? We'll do that. Be back with more after this. Stay with us. Phone lines open on Monday Night Sports Talk, 356-9397. Steve Kelly with the News Gazette Sports Writers. Sports Editor Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen with you until 6 o'clock. If you'd like to join the conversation, feel free to do so. We had one... uh, Soundbite with uh, Brad Underwood talking about uh, the situation in basketball and the fact that they're playing games pretty much back-to-back. Also, Jacob Grandison spoke a little bit to uh, the media today via Zoom. And, you know, it, uh, Illinois is undefeated since he uh, has been inserted into the starting lineup, Scott. I don't know if that's coincidence or not, but it's a nice stat. I mean, probably coincidence, but uh, he's played well, and he played really well. Saturday uh, against Minnesota, especially early you know, in that game, kind of helped Illinois get yeah, going. He did. So uh, yeah, he's played a, a key role. Uh, it's just has shifted from you know being you know one of the first guys off the bench to now starting the game. But you know, what he's done hasn't necessarily changed at all. Yeah, he had uh, ten points in the first half, twelve for the ball game the other day, and uh, a good solid performance. And one of the things he talked about today is now that we're down this stretch in the season. Some of their goals are starting to come into a little more focus. Here's Jacob Grandison. I'm not really an emotional guy, but I'm pretty level-headed. But the other day, I was just kind of like daydreaming about like what if we actually like 
got to where we're trying to go. And I was, I ain't crying, but I was like getting a little worked up. Like, dang, that would be so surreal. And like, as a kid, just, it's just, it's kind of crazy to, to be here now being on a top five team, second in the Big Ten. The opportunity is kind of crazy, but I'm, uh, try to stay humble and not think too far ahead. But it is, it is extremely emotional to think that we could be somewhere that it is extremely hard to get to and not a lot of people have that chance. It's slightly surreal, but right now it's we just got to keep grinding and working hard in practice and just keep chopping wood. Sounds like a coach there, Scott. <laughs> Play the next one. Line them up. Let's go. Yeah, and that was definitely uh, Brad Underwood's reaction. I think he's done talking about uh, the schedule, and I mean it's it's final, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Is anything can be is, final? Yeah, is anything can be final right now. So um, I'm not sure Brett Underwood will field any more questions about the schedule, just based on his response uh, Saturday to to one about that. Um, or his or the response was, uh, "Who cares?" Yep. <laughs> uh, this week they're playing Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday of next week, and mm. then Saturday of next week, and. All but one of those games on the road. Yeah, they've got five games in the the next twelve days in, in five different cities. So, uh, mm-hmm. director of ops Joey Biggs and uh, strength coach Adam Fletcher and all the other support staff that are around the program are certainly going to have their their work cut out for for them. Yeah, I mean that's just a situation where like every game Illinois had postponed this season through no fault of their own was a road game. So now mm-hmm. they're all being made up in you know this kind of the last month. I will say at least it's not like they're having to go to. Nebraska, and then go to Piscataway, and then come back to Champaign. They're kind of here in yeah. the Midwest, yeah. so it's it's pretty quick flights uh, for the Illini in, in that regard. Yeah, those are all hour or less flights, most of them anyway. I'll be spending a little bit more time. <laughs> in the yes, car. you will. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, who's on your first team All Big Ten team this week? Has it changed any? Yeah, I mean, I've had to kind of think about this a little bit, and. Uh, I did discuss this on the latest <laughs> episode of Inside Illini Basketball, which you can find everywhere you get, get your podcast. But kind of like it's not a rule, but it's more a suggestion. Is like for all Big Ten and like APL American voting, like put together a group of five that you know could in theory play on the, on the same court. Um, for the all Big Ten first team, I think I have to go against that because I would be sort of not punishing you know a couple really good bigs if i like tried to force a guard on the first team like io will be on there you'd be pulling a doug gottlieb yeah well positions yeah. matter apparently i don't know positionless basketball for me this year but i mean io is kind of like the the one guard that has to be there but like luca garza kofi coburn trace jackson davis hunter dickinson trevian williams um E.J. Liddell. E.J. Liddell will yeah. be on that. Yeah, E.J. can play the two. <laughs> yeah. But, like, there's a lot of really good bigs in the Big Ten this year, and just I think, you know, I would like to sort of reward them for good seasons and not, like, force Marcus Carr, who, I mean, he has good numbers, like, scoring-wise and assists and rebounds, what have you. He's just super inefficient um, and can't do anything against Trent Frazier, as it turns out. Um, just it would be – I, I would be forcing a guy like him on the first team. So I might just go, like, I would assume win four bigs and call it good. I'm going to bring up a, I wouldn't say contrarian point, but much was made a couple of weeks ago about Trent Frazier not being on, what was the defensive 
player um, award. Uh, it was uh, Naismith related. I don't remember. He, he Naismith defensive player of the year. Yes. Brad Underwood publicly talked about it, and he had some strong words to say. Do you think, in the back of Brad Underwood's mind, he hopes that Trent Frazier gets slided some more because it seems to have brought out kind of the best in his play here recently? Yes, because <laughs> if you'll remember back uh, a couple weeks ago, where Brad Underwood said that Luca Garza was the best player in the country, there was some reaction maybe from certainly the Desumu family. <laughs> they they were they got to, they took to Twitter. Uh, other people kind of relate, you know, you know, close to Io also had some thoughts, and then Io was turned around and he's had two triple doubles in four games. <laughs> it might have worked. So yeah. I, just continue to tell Trent Frazier he's not a good defender. And, like, his his teammates have talked about it. Like, he takes it personal on the defensive end. Like, he wants to shut down guys like Marcus Carr and, you know, whoever is the, the top guard on, on the opposing team. Well, two triple-doubles at the University of Illinois in over 40 years, and then two in four games. Yeah, two in two weeks. It's, yeah. It's, in, it's, it's, it's impressive, and uh, I think what – the Illini showed on Saturday is they showed everyone the true potential of this team. I think you saw, obviously, that second half at Northwestern last month showed the the capabilities they had, but to put it together for all 40 minutes and, and all phases of the game, offense, defense, and, and with Io DeSumo leading the charge in that too. And we've seen DeSumo increase his scoring this year. He's averaging 21.1 21.2 points per game, the best of his time so far here in, in Champaign. But Illinois is a better team when he's not having to score 30-plus points like he had to at Nebraska, like he had to at Missouri, when he only needs to get you know, 18, 19, but he can involve himself in other areas of the game and get his teammates involved. That's the best version of this Illinois team. Sure, it's fun to see Io kind of take over at the end of games or have these huge scoring totals, but that often means it's kind of an off night for the Illini if they need him to score in the upper 20s or, or low 30s or well, even more. Well, he had more. 19, and as we mentioned on Saturday, eight points at halftime. Iowa had, and Illinois had a 15-point lead thanks to that half-court shot by Trent Frazier. So, and then he he ended up with 19 points, the triple-double. Bob, did you have any issues with uh, Brad Underwood leaving Iowa in to get that 10th rebound? Oh, no, not at all. No, I think it was smart. Uh, I think it was cool to have a guy that he values so much get that mark that's going to be hard to break, frankly. Uh, for a player to get three will be hard to do. So maybe some's also be good, too. You saw I talked to Georgia McLean last week. He was, he was funny. He wrote me today and said, do you think I ever read the story about him talking about it? Cause he, <laughs> he kind of said, Sergio said, Sergio said the thing he should have done last time was do it again. So he's kind of he was kind of, kind of challenging Io to do it again, and clearly Io did it again. So, but I won't be surprised if the guy gets a couple more this year. Why, why not? Why make my make it a record? Nobody will ever get close. Well, that might uh, not only be an Illinois record; that'd be a Big Ten record because there's not that many in in Big Ten history. So, um, Bob, what else you've been working on uh, basketball wise? You doing some basketball related stuff? I am. I'm writing. Actually, I talked to the Orange Crush president today. Uh, she's actually vice president. It's complicated, but talked to her about um, <laughs> the idea of somebody actually on uh, Lauren and uh, and uh, Brian's show this morning said. I'm sorry, mental blank. Said uh, 
that they should give the Orange Crush tickets for their current tournament, which I'm basically saying, yes, they should. So somebody, so they only need 75 seats. They should, somebody should come up with those. And I would send the crush there, send the families first, then the crush. So that's what I'm writing for tomorrow. Maybe okay. they can disguise themselves as someone else and then just rip off. Yeah, I don't think they need to do that. I think the, uh, it'll be fine. They I could think go in with suits and ties and, and disguise <laughs> themselves as donors. Just <laughs> <laughs> very young-looking donors. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that'd be good. That'd be good to get them in there. And that's one thing, as I kind of look back on the season and even look at it as we go, it's and Scott, you and I have had this conversation with Lauren at the State Farm Center almost every game. How weird it still feels, especially to me. The last time the teams come out before the game starts, and you got the band playing, you got uh, uh, everybody in the house pretty much by that time, and the, the opponents come out, and then the Illini come out. It's just not the same, and it, it just feels so strange. And it's a shame that you've got a team like this, and the fans can't show their emotion in person. Well, it's interesting, too, that this thought popped up in my head during the, the show, and, and you think back to the two previous Illinois teams that made the Final Four, the 2004-05 team, they were basically treated like rock stars. Yes, they were. And then the Flying Illini just kind of captivated the nation with their style of play and, and their all the personalities that they had on that team. And I don't know if this, if this team can reach those heights of those two previous teams. We'll see that play out here in the next six to eight weeks or so, but what they've done so far i have to say it's almost more impressive maybe in a sense because they're playing games in empty arenas Mm -hmm. and those previous teams were playing sold out arenas across the country they had that huge adrenaline rush you get at the start of a game i mean i'm not saying it's easy to play in front of forty thousand people or so for a national title but there's a certain energy that's there in the building that these players and coaches aren't experiencing this year with that said i think it makes sense rightly so but it makes playing on the road not quite as tough true you're still a road game you're still staying in a hotel or whatever and still somebody else's court but Mm -hmm. i think that's a big factor too yeah although i mean illinois has found a way to bring its own energy and at least after the ohio game yeah the bench has been you know just locked in and loud and the official attendance Saturday at Minnesota was 56, and there were, there were, I counted them. There were, in fact, 56 people. Wow. Uh, I think mostly just like family members of the, the Gophers. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Trent Frazier, I asked him sort of just kind of about the whole experience. Is like, you know, w- winning on the road like that. He's like, our bench was louder than their fans. So well, it was true. And at, at one point, of course, the Minnesota fans didn't have much to to exactly. cheer about so <laughs> but like they've found a way to kind of get themselves you know up for the games it is 555 one final break coming up on this edition of monday night sports talk we'll have that and some final words after this Got a couple of minutes before six o'clock here on monday night sports talk coming up in one hour on dws the brad underwood show brian barnhart your cordial host on that show with the Illini head coach. Also, Kenny Battle will check in and talk about uh, this Illinois basketball team. Ty Repera, the Illini softball coach, will be there. They open up this weekend. And uh, Dan Hartlib, whose baseball team opens up in a couple of weeks, a little less than two weeks now, will also 
appear tonight on the Brad Underwood Show. Once again, Bob, you're working on the Orange Crush story. We're going to see that uh, coming up soon. That'll be tomorrow, and I talked to uh, Marcus Liberty. That'll be later in the week. Sounds good, Scott. You're uh, getting your car gassed up. You <laughs> had the oil changed lately? Yeah, I, I got it changed um, Friday before I left for Minneapolis. And it's funny that not only did I not really go anywhere for a year, like <laughs> in 2020, like between February 2020 and February 2021, I drove 5,000 miles. I'll almost hit that by the middle of March. Those so. oil changes last a little longer when you're not going anywhere, don't yeah. you? <laughs> Matthew, what are you working on? What are you I'm just guys ordering them around. Are you? Yeah. No, I'm just hoping Scott travels safely and writes quickly. Follow those two rules. Well, you know what? <laughs> you got a break. A lot of 6 o'clock starts. Yeah, I mean, thank goodness it's not 8 o'clock tips anymore. 8-12 tips, yeah. essentially. And then overtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just avoid overtime the rest of the season. Hey, Bob, that? we'll see you if you ever come out of the house. Uh, maybe tomorrow. Talk to you later, guys. Thanks. Okay, see you. See you, Bob. <laughs> Yeah, we're talking temperatures later in the week of maybe 50 degrees. And no, I don't have a February golf round in. <laughs> it's not looking very good. But we'll see. I even thought about heading south. There you go. I called a, I don't have time for the story now, but I called a course <laughs> in Carbondale yesterday. All right. And they got snow there, too. Next week. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. Have a good night.